Hi, welcome to Sober Single Momin with me, Tony J. Uh, this podcast for anyone out there that feels like they are alone in their sober and single parenting journey. I want to share my personal story and some things that I've learned along the way to help me heal and live a beautiful present life. This may get long, but I want you all to know who I am and how I got here. I'm an open book and I feel called to share this journey with you all. Currently, I am living in Minot, North Dakota with my two babies, Porter, nine, and Dakota, seven months old. I'm a full-time dog groomer and one year and 10 months sober. Growing up in a small town in North Dakota, I was the eldest of four. Six, really, but that's a story for later. We lived a normal middle-class childhood. Mom and dad both worked full-time, so we were latchkey kids. Life was pretty great in my eyes. And then, like so many of these stories start, my parents were getting a divorce. We were the first family in our small town to go through this. I was the first of all my friends anyway. It was a confusing, scary, and embarrassing time. Looking back now, I believe it was my first time experiencing depression. I was 11. They split and life changed fast. Mom was gone and dad was all of a sudden there a lot. He tried his best. Three girls and a boy under 10 isn't a walk in the park. I felt the need to step up and help. I was the oldest and it was my job. I didn't feel like going out to the first. I helped with my siblings after school chores and consoling him when he cried at night in the living room. We lived this way for a few months. I don't remember seeing mom much, so it must have been the first time we'd be been spent. I don't remember seeing mom much, so it must have been the first time we'd be spending the night with her that my dad dropped a huge ball on me. He pulled me aside with one of his friends that was going through a similar situation he was and told me that he adopted me. He wasn't my dad. I can't even tell you how that made me feel because I'm pretty sure my young mind blacked it out to protect me. I know that when I saw my mom, I yelled at her for the first time ever. I don't remember what I said but I know that she cried and we left. It was awful. Now, I didn't have anyone to turn to. Eventually, summer came and things got easier. I was getting outside more and feeling a little bit more normal. Then we went to Florida with my grandparents. It was a great trip, but I was still battling depression. At the end of the summer, we had a pretty good routine going, but now it was time to make some decisions. Mom got a home and was ready for us. My younger sister and I were asked to speak in court and tell the judge who we wanted to live with. I was so torn because I didn't want to choose, so I said no. They decided 50-50, and it was time to leave our home and go to our new one with our mom. It was a huge change, but the good thing is that our best friends lived there too. My mom and their dad were together, so it was seven kids under one roof. Six girls and one boy, to be exact. It was fun. We didn't have many rules, and we lived with our best friends. Well, we all know that girls turn into young women, and eventually hormones were raging in that home, so there were ups and downs. There were fights. There were cattiness. There were clothes stolen. It was a time. (laughs) I ended up blossoming over my seventh grade summer, and boys were noticing. It was around the same time that alcohol came into the picture. It was easy to get and fun to feel so goofy. I eventually ended up dating a much older boy, and that in itself is a story that we won't get into, but we dated through my entire middle and high school years. 
he was older, so he was off to college, and I got to stay back with my first love, alcohol. I worked throughout high school, still one of my most favorite jobs ever. I was slinging chicken. I made enough money to afford gas, booze, and cigarettes most of the time. Clothes if I ever felt like it. My money went the other direction, though, usually. I wasn't very active in sports. I was in track, and I was a good distance runner, but not great. I probably could have been, but didn't see the point. I didn't try very hard in school. Honestly, I think most of the teachers felt bad for me and let me down by. By my senior year, though, I got careless. I stopped going to school for a month because the anxiety of missing so much school kept me bedridden. At this point, I had a new boyfriend and was living with him 40 miles away while he went to college. It was embarrassing, but I had really given up. I wasn't good at sports, I had terrible grades, and I didn't have money for college. I did have booze, though. I graduated high school by the skin of my teeth. Now that was over, and my new boyfriend and I were together 24-7. I loved his family, and they loved me. I lived with them, actually, at the end of my senior year, and will will forever be grateful. My relationship was, however, a rocky one. We both loved booze more than we loved each other. His addiction consuming him while mine was still so-called fun. We got into a lot of trouble together. We also had great times too, and his family was my family. After five years together, we had our son Porter. My pregnancy was hard because he seemed to be going through a midlife crisis and wasn't present as often as I needed. My life changed when I knew Porter was on his way, and it takes a little longer for men. Still, we stuck it out and welcomed our baby into the world. He worked out of town, so I was alone a lot. My family helped me so much for the first six months. Eventually, my mom, younger sister, and brother moved in with us. I loved the help, but it did wear down in our relationship. Bills were never getting paid, and I was constantly begging the electric company to keep the lights on. I started working full-time as a CNA, starting to take care of what bills I could, and starting to feel like I was outgrowing our relationship. His drinking only got heavier, and he started. To- I started to plan my new life without him. It was one of the many hard things that I have done, but I felt myself growing and changing, and he wasn't there yet. When I left, he was heartbroken, and I felt terrible, but I had to do what I thought was best for Porter and I. At this point, I didn't think my alcohol use was as bad as his was, so therefore I didn't see it as a problem. I moved to Minot with my sister and started a travel CNA job right away. Everything was falling into place quickly, but I was still alone with an almost (laughs) two-year-old. I started to go out every night that I didn't have my son, and I thought, I never got to do this, so here I go. I made so many new friends and started to work at my favorite bar in town. That's where I met him, the one, my missing puzzle piece. We started as strictly co-workers and really showed no interest in each other until a few months down the road on my birthday. After that, we were pretty much exclusive. We did have that talk at one point to set it in stone, but... We could never remember the date. I was head over heels for him and did not want this to be like the last. I didn't want there to be jealousy, fighting, or any of the immature things that I dealt with before. I wanted easy, fun, free, and different. I think he felt the same, although he never told me how his last relationships were or even how they ended. We wanted peace. We dated for almost an entire year before even having a fight. Red flag. (laughs) We were so happy, though. We lived together for a couple of years before moving to Colorado. His relationship with Porter really blossomed, and that made me fall in love with him even more. We moved to Colorado, and 
I thought that this was going to be the start of our lives together. It was hard to move away from all of my family and everyone I knew, everything that I knew. It was even harder to figure out everything I needed to for Porter. I realized I had never had to deal with things like health insurance, finding a school, looking for childcare, all while trying to settle into a new job and surroundings. It was all new and very scary. On top of that, I was left alone a lot and felt like my partner and I were growing apart. I wanted to seem strong, though, so I worked hard and played even harder. It was lonely, hard times. The more we grew apart, the heavier my drinking became. I drank more and more at home, which I'd never done before. Then the pandemic hit, and we were all home all the time, and I drank. I felt it had become a huge problem, but I couldn't stop. He stopped talking to me for almost six months. I still wanted it to work and slowly started changing my lifestyle to match his. Working out, eating better, and growing closer in my relationship with Porter. The drinking stayed until June 14th, 2021. I woke up that morning and thought, I'm going to die if I don't stop. So I did. I quit cold turkey, which I do not recommend. I had shakes, cold sweats, night terrors, and I felt like my insides were coming out of me and there was nothing to stop it. It was hard, but I did it. I decided that no one was going to help me through this, but I reached out to close friends and family and told them that I meant it this time. I knew they didn't believe me, but it just felt different. I chose me. I was basically a recluse the first two months, hiding away in the basement, doing skincare, makeup lives, dog grooming, and just trying to survive. The summer passed and we took a trip to California. It was a big test, but I made it through. My partner seemed proud of me and it felt like we were reconnecting. I was so excited to be myself that I forgot that he probably doesn't know who that person was. I was the party girl and now I was sober. It was a big change for everyone around me. In January of 2022, I found out I was pregnant with Dakota, my daughter. I was over the moon and something in me said, this is it. This is going to bring us together. He seemed excited, but quickly turned into him being distant and not interested in much of the planning. I even chose a beautiful birthing center to have her so we could bring her into this world the most natural way possible. Eventually, he started traveling a lot and the distance only grew between us. I was still so excited about bringing a baby into the world, I just blew it off as nerves from him. Until April, when he came back from a two-week trip and was different. He wouldn't hug me at the airport and walked away from me every time I got near him. I thought maybe he's just tired from traveling and just being away for two weeks. The next day, he disappeared for a few hours and wouldn't answer his phone. I was sick because something in me knew. I confronted him about the way he'd been treating me, and he told me he wasn't in love with me anymore. I was so hurt. Looking back, I knew that's what he was going to say, but I didn't want it to be true. I had an ultrasound that morning, and I went alone. I couldn't keep it together when the midwife asked me how I was doing. Then, to cheer me up, she said, let's listen to the heartbeat. I laid on the table, and she put the Doppler to my stomach. She searched for a bit and asked me when the last time I felt baby was. My heart dropped, and I told her early this morning I felt her kicking. She searched more and then grabbed the ultrasound in the room. She searched and searched. We could see her, but we couldn't see a heartbeat. She told me she was going to go get someone else because they wanted to be sure. I told her I wanted to use the restroom first and stepped out. I sat on the toilet and emptied my bladder while I opened up my sister's group chat. I started typing out, She's gone.
when I sat up and said no, that means she is and so is he. I got up and went back in. The three midwives stood around me, one crying, and said, We're going to look for her one more time. She said her only because I did. I didn't know the gender yet. They put the Doppler to my belly, and boom, a strong heartbeat flashed on the monitor. We all sobbed and hugged. And I was sent home and told to take it easy. I got in my car and sobbed. I wanted to call him, but I couldn't. I just drove home, and he was there eating lunch like any other day. His dad, who I forgot to mention lived with us, <laughs> asked how it went, and I broke down and told him through sobs. I ran downstairs, and he followed me. He didn't say a word, just sat next to me as I laid in bed and cried. The next month was so hard. He wasn't letting me in and wouldn't explain how he was feeling to my face. He would only text me paragraphs while he was at work. <laughs> I stopped eating and sleeping. I was holding on to a relationship for dear life. I started to get more suspicious that there was someone else, but he denied it. Then it was Porter's last day of school. We sat together in the grass, and he talked about how pre pretty Dakota was going to be, and I felt more connected with him, and a glimmer of hope was burned into my heart. I thought maybe he was working through whatever it was he was going through and would let me in any day now. The next day, he had to leave to Texas for an event. I was heading to Deadwood the following day for a bachelorette party. It was a normal day. We sat on the porch and enjoyed the morning sun, and he told me that he hopes I have a blast in Deadwood. I joked that I was pregnant, so that would be hard. Then he offered to give me money to pay for a big meal for all of the girls. After that, I worked for a bit, and then I had a client um, there to pick up a dog. I didn't think too much about the car that was parked backwards in the driveway to get him. He hugged me goodbye, and I continued my day as normal. Texting back and forth for a few hours, talking about baby stuff and sending a few memes. Then I watched an Instagram story of a friend that was with him, and I saw evidence that the person I had been questioning him about was in fact in the car with them. My heart dropped, and I saw red. I immediately tried to call and text him over and over, and he ignored every single one. He ignored me for ten hours. I didn't sleep a wink. The whole weekend in Deadwood was a blur. I blew up my Instagram with posts about the breakup and let the world know what he had done. I was hurt and I wanted him to feel what I felt. I made it through the weekend and back to Colorado and began packing up my life. I knew we were done and I had to go back to North Dakota. I left the morning of June 5th, 2022, six months pregnant, car full of what I could fit with me, and a village of people waiting to welcome me, welcome me back with open arms. I don't know how I will ever thank my friends for taking Porter and I in and helping us so much. It really is a blur now. I'm pretty sure I was running off of adrenaline my entire pregnancy because I knew I had to do something to make sure we had a home, that I had a job, and that we were ready for baby sissy to come into the world. I've been through so much in my life, and living a sober present lifestyle has helped me to really look back and process things I didn't know how to for years. I'm happy to say we're thriving. I've started my healing journey and I want to share how I overcame all of this while raising two babies alone. I want to use this podcast as a way to help others start over. If you think that it's not possible to start over, trust me it is. I've done it more than once now and I'm finally getting to know the real me.
and in a crazy way, everything that I've been through was meant to be. It's, it's brought me right here to this moment. Like I'm sitting in my closet recording this. I'm so nervous to be putting it out there. Um, but I just really feel like I was put on this earth to help people. And if my story can help one person, just one person feel less alone and just cared for, then that's what I'm here for. So that's what this podcast is. I'm sorry for trauma dumping. That's my life story. (laughs) Um, I mean, there's a lot more to it, but that's basically all the bad. <laughs> and this podcast isn't going to be all the bad. It's it's going to be how I came out of that and how I got to where I am now. Um, I'm going to be talking to you about my sobriety journey, how in the middle of all of that, I've continued to stay sober and I adore my sobriety. I'm almost to two years. I'm I'm so proud of myself. And I think it's good to be able to say that you're proud of yourself because you should be. So if you're going through that, I'm here. Um, and I can, you know, help you with any tips and tricks I've learned along the way of starting over and doing it with two babies on your own or one baby on your own, you know, single moms, single dads, build your own village. So if I can be a part of anybody's village, then that's what I'm here for. So, um, if you liked my podcast, you know, thank you for sitting through it. I'm super nervous and I feel like I was just reading some sad book to you, (laughs) but, um, if you liked it, please share, um, and I'll be putting out episodes every Monday and going through different topics that, um, have really helped me and just thank you. Thank you for being here. All right. Bye.